Hello and welcome to the Opposite Effect Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin Diodato. I am one of your co-hosts, Dave Worth. And it's been two weeks. We had a scheduling conflict and now we're back and there are an infinite number of things that went crazy while we were gone. I thought that we would struggle to come up with stuff to talk about because this felt like it was not a crazy week. And then we went through everything that happened for two weeks and it felt like I was drowning. Yes. Um, however long this episode goes, and trust me, it's going to go a while because it's been two weeks. Um, it'll still be less time than the time that Dave and I spent trying to figure out what we weren't going to talk about. Yeah. The stuff didn't even make the cutting room floor. Like, we, we just sort of ate it. Yeah. We uh, ate the film. And now we're going to vomit for the next gonna, hour yeah. about what that stuff is. For example, getting into our crazy Trump tweets. Yes. Uh, the first tweet... That we're not even really going to get into because it's old news. Why don't you read the, the Trump tweet? All right. Coming up. I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director. Witch hunt. Um, that one we almost cut because we're like, that's so old. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so much that happened since... The president of the United States said what for any other president of the United States would be the craziest thing they said. Yes. Um, Can't, it's, but it's, don't worry, his lawyer cleared it up <laughs> by saying he's not under investigation, except he is under investigation, except he's not really under investigation, except there's no way to know if he's under investigation, but he's not under investigation. He, uh, For those of you who think that Dustin is being silly there... That is pretty close to the quote <laughs> and pretty close to the amount of time he spent saying that. Like, that is how, how many times that lawyer contradicted himself in the space of about 30 seconds. Right, on 11 different Sunday shows. Yes, every one of them was like, you really not, I, I don't know that you're making, I don't know that you're making sense here, pal. And yeah. he's like, I'm making sense. Sense is what you do when you make no sense, Right. Right. I'm going to go back and funnel a bunch of charity money to my family yeah. uh, because I'm an awful person. Yep, he sure did that. Um, so yeah, so that, that's hack that's for this hack. week. That, that's, that's the old bullshit. We on we that new Kanye. Yeah. Um, and here's what we got. After seven months of investigations and committee hearings about my, quote, collusion with the Russians, no one, nobody's been able to show any proof. Sad. Um... It's important there in that tweet that he said he doesn't say because I didn't do it or because there right. isn't any proof. The important thing is that he's mocking people by going like, "Wait, you guys have been investigating this for seven months and you still haven't found anything? How the fuck is that possible?" <laughs> yeah, I I think sad is uh, for um, sad is a statement of these sad people. It's so sad that these are the people investigating me because they can't figure it out. Not, it's sad that this is happening. No. Um, it's sad that this is a thing that's... Yeah. Like, and trust me, we're all sad about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right, moving right along. The failing at NY Times. It's, all, it's also, it's really nice of him to let the New York Times always know that he's talking about them. Yeah. As if they don't. Yeah. Um, the failing at NY Times writes false story after false story about me. 
they don't even call to verify the facts of a story. A fake news joke. Now, now call me a snub. Hmm. I don't think that's a good joke. No, pretty bad joke. Um, and I don't think that if you're making a joke, you should say that was a joke after the joke. And I don't know what the. Are they, do, you, do you think this was? Do you think this is like one of Donald Trump's personalities? Is like his uh, open his his open his, his chuckle hut? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, we both just chuckle headed, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? Chuckle hut jinx. Because that's the worst. Yeah. Comedy club you could be at is yeah, the Chuckle, the chuckle hut. hut. It's it's uh, it's amateur night at the Chuckle Hut. Bring up uh, wacky Donnie Don. W- wacky Don. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he developed a new personality this week, and we'll get into that. Oh yeah, yeah. Moving right along. Yes. Because we have so many. So they caught fake news CNN cold, but what about NBC, CBS, and ABC? What about the failing at NY Times and at Washington Post? They are all fake news. Now, here's the thing about it. Like, CNN's gotten a lot of crap this week because they had to retract a story, and they had that uh, producer basically say that, like, Russia may be, may be bullshit. Right. Um, he didn't say that it was. He just said that, like, it helps the rain. Well, I mean, it was, he was also recorded by James O'Keefe, who is a lying sack of shit, mm-hmm. who... Um, has been repeatedly sued for being a lying sack of shit and do using deceptive editing practice, right. practices. And, and it, it, this was also a health yeah. r- producer and not a news producer. Yeah. Um, but, but regardless, CNN has caught a lot of shit this week. Three of their producers resigned because of the story that didn't meet certain editorial standards. No one has said, by the way, the story is not true. Right, and that's the important thing. He's saying, like, they got caught cold running a story with only one source. Not a wrong story, not a fake story, just a story that only had one source. Right. Um, you know who's more important than CNN and who should be getting their stories right? Donald Trump. Yes. Who, when called out to, on the carpet by a reporter for, like, retweeting uh, Judge whatever that judge guy remember remember this it was only about a month ago so it feels like it was it was it was years ago but he retweeted that fucking idiot judge that tv judge you're looking at me like Janine Pirro? uh i think it was the uh, it was the man judge i forget oh i don't remember who i i, I know I, you mean i know what you mean but like yeah, he, i was thinking of Janine Pirro because she is uh quite quite the she's quite a tv judge uh and uh, and and a demon yeah, in all the ways that a person a can de- be a demon a, a, a tv judge demon judge demon Oh, my God. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. All we'll right. talk so, to you guys so next anyway, week. We're going to do it. We're no. going to uh, go do <laughs> We're going to go. Yeah. You actually moved to the computer to hit stop. And I thought. I did. Uh, I pantomimed. Yeah. Um, they can't see it, but it really it added some verite to the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. You he can retweeted hear it. that fucking judge. That judge was lying. In an interview, Trump was asked about it. And he was like, what? I just, I just retweeted. I just went with the information I had. And everybody's like, you're the president. You don't do that and he's like i'm gonna keep doing it and then he kept doing <laughs> and, and it and people are gonna love me for and it and people keep loving him for it and he then he calls out cnn in in all of this reporters get this stuff wrong all the time they do yeah. it's absolutely the case that they do that's sort of their job is to put the reporting out there and then correct the record when they're wrong and cnn did that 
that's the thing. If they were fake news, if the argument is they are fake news and they're lying all the time and they're making stories up all the time, if 90% of the stuff that they have there is fake, why did these three people design? Why is this, why is this the story where they were like, oh, these people got to go because every hundredth lie we fire three people? Is that the argument that they're trying to make? I th- yeah, some sort of false flag firing, I guess. I yeah. don't fucking know. And to hear fucking Hannity come out about it and say, like, oh, my God, they're the worst. And it's like, do you not remember that bullshit about, like, that Hillary got a guy killed because, like, he, st- he sent things to WikiLeaks? Like, you don't... How many sources did you have on that one, buddy? Hannity like, says that he is a karate master, and I want to fight him. Do it. I want to fight... Sean Hannity. Yeah, Sean, if you're listening right now, I'll and I know you are. fight you. Yeah. Name the time and the place. I will fight you. Um, I guess we should move on. Yeah. We're st- just to be clear, we're still not going to spend the extra budget money to do a video podcast that time. It, you're still only going to get the audio. You're only going to get the audio. The sick, wet thuds as Sean Hannity probably kicks my ass. Right. Um, if, it, if it's good enough for the White House press corps, it's good enough for <laughs> us. Fuck. Right, so then we have a f- sort of a, a, there's no way to say, that. he melted the fuck down. Like, there's just this meltdown a series of four tweets. They're bad. <laughs> and we're, I'm going to read all four of them, and then we're going to talk about them. The reason that President Obama did nothing about Russia after being notified by the CIA of meddling is that he expected Clinton would win ellipsis, and did not want to rock the boat. He didn't choke, he colluded or obstructed, and it did the Dems and crooked Hillary no good. The real story is that President Obama did nothing after being informed in August about Russian meddling. With four months looking at Russia, under a magnifying glass, they have zero tapes of tea people colluding. There is no collusion and no obstruction. I should be given apology. Not an apology, just apology. Dustin, I want apology. You're not going to get apology. I demand apology. Well, no apology. You. Me sad. <laughs> That's basically how conversation's going in this country right now. Yep. yep. Um, okay. What are tea people? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, my assumption is... Um, that they are people that worship at the altar of Mr. T. Oh. In which case, like, I am fans of those people. Yeah. Well, I, I assume those people did not collude. No, <laughs> those people did not. <laughs> those are T people. The cult of Mr. T is not a, a collusion cult. Right. They go at, other than heights, they go at their problems straight up. Yes. They yes. cannot handle heights. They can't but, uh, handle heights. Uh, that's for God. Right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, here. So to follow the logic, which I can't, <laughs> he's saying Obama knew about the Russia thing, right? But you know what? He thought Hillary was going to win, so he did nothing. But also, also, um, he colluded and obstructed, seemingly with Trump, <laughs> to get Trump elected because otherwise. Who is he colluding and obstructing with? Or maybe those are just two words that he hears a lot. I think he's trying... 
I, th- I Trump does this. He tries to like sort of subtly change the definition of words, so everything that he's being painted with liar, fake liar gets sort of umbrella as fake news and then mm-hmm. fake news gets repackaged as everything that is opposed to trump uh same with collusion he's trying to umbrella collusion as opposed to trump so here's my question yeah everybody also calls him orange mm-hmm. does he not know that that's an insult because wouldn't by your logic he start calling everybody orange that he doesn't like. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it seems like... He, it's just factually accurate. It's. I think it's low on the list, on the priority list, but I do think he is that vein that eventually, like, I'm going to get insulted on the internet as being, like, orange, and I'll be like, what are you talking about? And they'll be like, you don't like Trump, you're orange. And I'm like... That's not how those words go. Yeah, but we'll have been called collusionists <laughs> long yeah, before that. That's true. Um yeah, and, and we'll get into this later, but it, it this whole collusion thing, like, we're starting to hear a lot more of, like, is collusion with a foreign government to win a U.S. election such a bad thing, would or is it just be, good strategy? Would that really be so bad? Yeah. Why so bad about that? Yeah. What, why would it be important that a president has sort of a quid pro quo relationship with our biggest, one of our biggest enemies? Yeah, I mean... Would we be concerned that the president of the United States would have the interests of a foreign government instead of the interests of the American government? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't, why we would care I about mean, that. it doesn't seem concerning at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're going to get into the, this week in smoke relatively soon. We could and, do it right now right. if we want. Right, was that our last tweet? That was our last tweet. Okay, yeah. Uh, this, let's get into this week in smoke. Let's get into which uh, which I joked um, earlier today that really we should change the name of this podcast to this podcast and smoke. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, we, we should just call it fire. We are on fire. Yes. <laughs> we are currently on fire. That is why we can see all the smoke. <laughs> so this week in smoke. All right. So out of the gate, um, this is really this week and a half, two weeks in smoke. Uh, but we'll try to keep it mostly to recent events. Trump started off by say, by admitting he did not tape Comey. He also said, you know, I didn't do it, but maybe somebody did. What with all the taping Obama did. Right. Which is... Here, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's also the thing. Yeah. Um, you know why else somebody may have taped Comey? Because of leaking. Somehow, because somebody has leaked information mm-hmm. that that created an audio recording right. of their conversation. Right. Like, how, how is that? I don't know, Dustin. I don't know. You're looking at me for an explanation. I right. don't have it. So the, the, this story, what he's saying right. is basically like, look, I don't know what happened. All I'm doing is sitting in the Oval Office yeah. as the President of the United States. Yeah. Who knows who's recording in there? Yeah, How could, am I supposed to could, find out if somebody's recording my conversations in the Oval Office? Who could say if I'm being recorded? Who could say? Not me, who has all the keys to the kingdom on who's recording. Right. Um, if you think for a second that somebody's recording in the Oval Office and you're the president, call a guy. You can There's call plenty, Call any of the guys and they'll go figure it out. Yeah. 
I mean, the other thing is that the Oval Office, like, there are windows, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are plenty of people who just walk by it all, like, walk by the White House all day with, like, you know, like, those dishes just pointed at it, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not illegal, um, which is why they have very secure areas of the White House to talk in yes. when you want to talk securely. Um but it's it's more to me it's mind boggling that the president would like may would either be so dumb or think we're so dumb that he swallows or we swallow the idea that the president who runs all the intelligence services has no way has of finding no out no way to find out if he's being taped the president can literally ask the CIA the head of the CIA the head of the DNI the head of the NSA any question he wants, and they have to answer it. Yeah. And if they lie to him, he can fire them or worse. And and, and when that question was asked by the, by uh, the folks over at Fox, yeah. and he said that they were just like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, cool, okay, well, on to the next question because we're also really stupid. Yeah. But the other thing is that he did get to be president. And he got to be president by treating the country as if it was full of idiots. So maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe there's a lot to do it. Um, So, yeah, so there are no tapes. And even the White House was basically like when they were applying to the Senate committee uh, who were asking for tapes were basically like, we're not going to write a whole thing. Just here's the tweets that he said. Deal, deal with you that. Are, yeah. I'm not going to write a, like, I'm seriously not going to sit here and write a fucking press release or an explanation. Just read, read these 140 Jeez. characters. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, I give up, which yeah. is basically what the White House, I, what I think a lot of the people at the White House are doing. What do you think? I mean, like, Obama staffers talk about working in the White House now because they don't. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Work. I can't wait. And, yeah, like they, but talk, here's the problem. they talk about like their offices and they sort of joke about my office was small. I would I would show, I would come in in shorts. <laughs> but you won't ever hear about it because because he makes everybody sign a you're not allowed to talk An to NDA, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk bad about me forever. Um, He's going to die someday. Yeah. I'll be dead. I can't wait. What? Mm. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, you know, by natural causes. Oh, yeah. Or tricked into eating tricked rat into poison by Obama yeah. via a viral video. Um, anyway, uh, moving right. on. Moving on. Uh, so up next, we, we're going to talk a bit about uh, some smoke from overseas. The Russians, it has now been confirmed, not only spread a disinformation campaign and not only hacked uh, the DNC and the RNC during the election, they hacked the voter infrastructure in at least 21 states, maybe as many as 30, maybe more for mm-hmm. all we fucking know at this point. And when the Senate asked, like, hey, just out of clear curiosity, what states are those? Yeah. So far, the Trump administration has said, like, it's not your damn business. Yeah. Like, actually, it is. It we is. feel like it is. Um, so the Russians, as part of this, changed voter rolls. That mm-hmm. much is known. Uh, to the extent that we know it happened, we know it because it was found to have happened and the changes were reversed. But we don't know for sure that all the changes mm-hmm. were found. Um, oh, and 
One thing that we sort of skipped over because we assumed that you knew. Yeah. Was um, when we mentioned the, the Trump tweets, it was because there was literally like Obama received a document of what Putin said of like, hack the election in favor of Trump against Hillary. There's no doubt. Yeah, they got... He received it. They got Putin saying it. Yes. Um, so that's... And Trump had the balls to say in that same Fox interview, yeah. you know what I found out about today? Bullshit. You didn't find out about it today. You found out about it a while ago. And everybody knows that you fucking found out about it a while ago. But somebody somehow magically believing that the only way that you get information is through watching fucking Fox and Friends. And you wouldn't have even gotten that on Fox and Friends. You had to have watched CNN because Fox didn't give a shit about the fact that that kind of thing happened. Well, you know who else didn't give a sh shit about it? It was Mitch McConnell. No. Mitch McConnell and, you know, the other uh, high-ranking members of the Senate and the House were all called in and the head of uh, intelligence presented all this information to them pre-election. And it was like, we have to come out with a statement. We have to make a strong statement about this. This is democracy. This is, we are being shook by the Russians. And McConnell literally said, no, this is yeah. partisan. Right. And even Paul Ryan, and I've never said this before, even Paul Ryan was a good guy about it and said, like, Jesus Christmas, we should probably do something about this. Yeah, yeah. Instead, a, not a, uh, a, a statement was released that was pretty toothless and not through the Senate. And on the same day as the Billy Bush tape. And it came out on the same day as the Billy Bush tape, which in turn came out on the same day as a ton of DNC hack. Yep. Um, I'm sure totally coincidental. Actually, one thing I've heard is that the day after the Billy Bush tape, it's known that the uh, group that was operating the leaks to WikiLeaks shut down. Oh, really? Yeah. They walked, <laughs> they walked in and were like, turn it all off. It's over. We've lost. Mm. And then two days later, they were like, yeah, apparently Americans are dumber than we thought. Turn it back on. Turn it back on. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus that Christ. I've never seen actually reported. I've just heard people say, so yeah. take it with the grain of salt that you take everything I say with. Um, so, so clearly, Trump should be upset about yeah, this. Yeah, and Trump is very upset. He's uh, trying to give the... Russians back property in the United States that Obama kicked them out of. And he's trying to weaken Senate sanctions against Russia. For what, what purpose? Like what, well, what, he's, what he's the, uh, he, have, did you not read out of the deal? He's a master negotiator. Right. And so right, what are we getting in? Oh, like, no, nothing. But I mean, so he's giving them back. Yeah, a thing. He's giving them stuff. Yeah. And getting nothing in return. Here's where you're thinking of this wrong. Okay. You're thinking America should get something. Right. Right. Because we were attacked. Maybe, right. Maybe America is not supposed to get something here. Maybe Trump is not negotiating for America. But at least we're going to punish them in some sort of significant way. No, no, no. Because Trump's a master negotiator and is getting something from them. What is he getting? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> He's li this is a man who is exchange-based. 
This is a man whose entire life is transactional. He views everything as a walking dollar sign except the daughter he wants to fuck. All he wants is an exchange from Russia. He just doesn't want America to get anything from it. Now, just or he to be, doesn't care. Now, just to be clear, just to be fair. Just to be fair. And balanced. And balanced. The, um, the State Department is saying, like, look, we don't want these sanctions because these sanctions will be... Um, there will be a retaliation. Right. And the effect on the economy both here and abroad mm-hmm. will, will be significant. Oh, um, sure. I mean, the Russian economy could really drag us down. Right, because they buy so much. Um, yeah, of, uh, they buy a lot of our um, cogs right. for their steam-based machinery. Um, by the way, this has nothing to do with anything. But it's just because I had finally done some research into that whole Hillary sold 20% of our uranium sure. to, uh, to the Russians. Mm-hmm. And I investigated that. By that, I mean I actually read an article about it. Right. Um, that's not possible. Like, that's not what happened. Right. Like, the Russians bought a company that mines uranium. Right. But uranium, by the law, is not legally allowed to leave the United States to right. go anywhere else. Sure. So while the Russians may have owned a company that mined uranium, they did not receive any uranium. They just profited they, on the mining of it. Right. And they traded like, goods for services in that case. But in no way did they get uranium, and in no way did the U.S. lose uranium. They so just bought the, it. All of our uranium is still in the United States. Correct. I just want to be clear about this. All of the poison death has remained closer to me. Yes. Great. I'm happy about that. Yes. Anyway, let's move on. The best, <laughs> best possible outcome is the poison death stays close to me. Um, sick, sad world. All right. You may have gathered... That Trump does not, uh, or inferred that Trump does not necessarily take this whole Russia thing seriously. And CNN confirmed that this week in an article uh, stating uh, that, in fact, officials within the White House are struggling to get him to take it seriously. They're struggling to say Russia's important, this stuff is important. He's not taking it in any way seriously despite the fact that the 2018 elections are coming and the 2020 elections are coming and Russia was in us once and they'll be in us again. This, um, if this were a trial, mm-hmm. and one day it will be, yeah. um, this is what's known as circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, there's this perception that you can't uh, convict somebody solely on circumstantial evidence. Right. That is wrong. Um, if there is enough uh, reason to believe that a person did commit that crime by virtue of a series of events that only logically lead to that, right? Um, many a person has gone to jail for that. Right. Well, circumstantial evidence includes, like, I saw him walk into the building where that guy died. I didn't see anybody else walk into the building where that guy died, and then he walked out, and during the time frame he was in that building, the, the guy, guy died. died. Yeah. Um, all of these things, like, when they say there's no proof that anything happened, um, the whole point of This Week in Smoke is that, like, if you draw enough dots around something... Yeah, you um, get a pretty good picture of it. Yeah. I'd also, you know, uh, point out that these people, when there is proof, are going to say it's not 
<laughs> proof. Right. Which, so, it, which again is why we're hearing potentially the narrative of like, is collusion really is that so a crime? Because like proof may be on the way. The yeah. chatter's there. Um, for one, Paul Manafort uh, this week retroactively filed, filed as a foreign agent and revealed that his firm received $17 million in payments from a pro-Russian Ukrainian uh, from, the year, from the years 2012 to 2014. So basically, a group within U- Ukraine that wanted Russia to take over mm-hmm. asked Manafort to go lobby mm-hmm. in America for that purpose, and over two years gave $17 million to his firm. Yep. And Manafort never disclosed that while working on a presidential campaign, never put it on his disclosure forms. It's a felony not to do that. DOJ generally accepts uh, these sorts of retroactive filings. Which they shouldn't. They shouldn't, but it's sort of known as the price of doing business. But with that said, the whole point of disclosing this sort of thing is so that everybody knows they're dealing with somebody who may have interests other than America's. Yeah, that's why they shouldn't. That's why it shouldn't be retroactively. That's why you should. Yeah, like now the business has been done. Right. And you didn't know why the person was doing it. That's yeah. That is now the now the RNC's platform has been changed. Yeah. Now the guy from Russia got the thing that he wanted. Got the thing from him that he wanted. Well. Now. Again, Stupid. do the reverse. Imagine if somebody did that on the Hillary side. Like, she'd be tarred and feathered. Yeah, rightfully. Yeah. Um, so you're saying we should go get tar and feathers? Sorry, I, I, I'm having a mental moment of just imagining. Tar and feathering. Anywho. Um, the thing is, I'd know where I would go get feathers. I have no idea where I would go get tar. Oh, those guys who work the roads, you know. Oh, okay, like, yeah. They're always pouring the tar. Okay. You can just you can just ask them for some tar. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll consider that. Hot tar. <laughs> okay. This was uh this next one is a little just strange. Um and is somewhat unrelated to everything we discussed so far. But the Miami Herald put out a story this week that kind of didn't get a whole lot of penetration primarily because I think everything else is insane, but also it's not <laughs> penetration, not directly. <laughs> it doesn't draw, draw a direct line to Donald Trump or any Trump associates necessarily. Basically there's a Russian government official living in Miami. His name's Igor Zorin. And he has about $8 million worth of Trump properties to his name in like five different properties. Mm-hmm. All totaling to about eight million dollars worth of value. Because he's a millionaire. Igor Zorin, or probably uh, a billionaire, because I mean that's the type of yeah. People. Igor Zorin makes about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year in his job as a member of the Russian government. So he's one hundred and eighty-five years old, and he's been saving up so that <laughs> yeah, he can get exactly, okay. exactly. So again, there's no smoking gun there, mm-hmm. but if you were trying to send payments or send influence to the president and the president had maintained direct ownership of his properties, dot, dot, dot. 
but I mean, realistically, just to, you know, just yeah, sure, sure. Um, whenever you buy a property mm-hmm. from Trump, you need to sure. declare, like, who's buying it. Sure. Right. Um, and I asked that as a setup to you that you did not pick up on because that's actually not true because a, a decent percentage of the properties that are being bought right now are being bought essentially from like trusts where nobody knows right. who owns them. So there's a lot of actually anonymous purchasing, purchasing like yeah. the bulk of the purchasing going on of his properties right now is anonymous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, somebody knows who they are is buying it. Yes. Um, but we don't. No. Uh, so yeah. So, that would be concerning f- for anyone, but seemingly it is almost non-news. Yeah. No. Yep. Um, but I mean, again, in this case, we're talking about $8 million. Yeah. We're not talking about like $285 million. No, no, no. For we that. And talk about $285 <laughs> million if you want. Um, that is Jared Kushner. Yeah. The day before... The elect before the election, um, his company received uh, a loan from Deutsche Bank um, that he personally guaranteed um, for two hundred eighty-five million dollars. Um, and then, oops, he forgot to declare that on any of his uh, any of his yeah, forms on his. On his uh, uh, Debt, well, foreign debt is considered yeah. one of the things you declare, and Deutsche Bank is a foreign bank. Yes. Uh, so that's weird. Uh, he also has strong ties to VEB. Yeah, VEB. Um, that was another one that like um, there's a lot of stuff coming out this week about that because VEB. Uh, how do you, what's the name? How do you actually? Pronounce I don't it? know how you pronounce it, but I do recall that Comey in his testimony was asked about VEB. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said. What what can you tell me about VEB? Mm. And Comey said, I can tell you nothing about it. In open session. In open session. And yeah, they were uh, like, really? He's like, I can tell you it exists. And that's it. Right. Uh, VEB. Literally every other fact Jim Comey could tell us about VEB is under investigation. Yeah. The third word in VEB is bank or some variation on the word bank. Um, now... If they were just a straight-up bank, you couldn't meet with them anyway if you're Jared Kushner because there are sanctions against them. Um, But they're not a straight-up bank. They're something that's called a bank, but operating in the United States, they cannot operate as a bank because they don't have many of the things that a bank requires. The only thing they do have that a bank requires is an executive board. That executive board is made up entirely of Russian government officials that fund VEB's existence. Dustin, this sounds like you want that n- regulatory nanny state looking over everyone's shoulder, deciding what's a bank <laughs> and what's a bunch of gangsters and separating the winners from the murderers. I do. I do. Call, <gasps> call Typical me, liberal. Yeah, call me a liberal, but I don't so much want the Russian mob being just running free. And if that makes me liberal, that makes me liberal. So, um, point is, uh, in that scenario, uh, Jared Kushner said he was meeting them w- with them to talk about the transition, which doesn't make any sense. 
And the bank said he's talking about, he was talking to us in an official capacity from the Kushner Foundation, which also doesn't make any sense and would be illegal also. Um, so I've yet to hear a reason other than shadiness why those two people would be talking to each other in any way, shape, or form. Which is why he hired another, Yet another. giant lawyer. Yeah, he, he only hires lawyers that are eight feet tall. Yeah. Well, he only hires, he hires the best lawyers. Right. And then Trump hires who's available. <laughs> Which is really, like, at a certain point, Trump could be like, should be like, can I, can I have, like, can one I of your... a lawyer? Yeah, no. And Kushner's like, no, no. You, no. you, you sink, you swim, dude. Yeah, because I'm going to flip on you eventually. Yeah. Because um, I'm younger than you, and I don't want to die in jail. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's adorable that despite all of this, they were still like, Jared, we want you to go to the Middle East and hammer out peace. And Jared was like, I'll do that. Sure thing. I'm under investigation, and I'm, I'm going to have to narc on my father-in-law. But while I'm at it, let me see if I can, like, dig through the most intractable problem of the modern age. Yeah. And they sent him there, and it immediately he, he worked that Kushner magic. Yeah. He worked that Kushner, I got, my dad bought me into Harvard magic. He, wor- yeah. he worked that Kushner, I was a shitty student in high school and a shitty student at Car- Harvard magic. He worked that Kushner, every business scheme i've been a part of has failed magic he worked he worked at kushner my father went to jail because he made a tape of my uncle at, uh, 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 having sex with a prostitute and sent it to my uh, 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 aunt-in-law um i think i have that wrong but anyway you so it went well it, Kushner's father went to jail. Is my is the point for sending a tape of of, of nudity of uh, his brother-in-law, Kushner, Kushner's father's brother-in-law, having sex with a prostitute. He sent that tape to his own sister. Yep, Kushner's aunt. That's what that's what the line was there. Right. That's why he went to jail uh, as part of an as a part of a trial. For obstructing justice, mm-hmm. which is what you do when you're trying to... T- that's why you would do such a thing. Yeah. Uh, unless you were just a creep, which he also is. So Tor- well. Tortured way of getting to, we now have peace in the Middle East, guys. It's solved. Israel and Palestine are total pals again. Do we? Is that true? No. Oh. Of course not. But I mean... A mul- a a a fifty times. But, but we know. But we know that this is a. Mul- th- we know that this is like it's one of the hardest things that we've ever had to solve. I'm sure he put in. He like, put in I'm like, sure he's been working on it since they got in office. He put in a good thirteen hours of work, and managed to piss off everybody. Yeah, because he went there and everybody got mad. Right. Almost immediately. Um. I and here's the thing. Like, I, I don't want to sound like religiously biased. But if you're trying to solve a problem between the Jews um, and the Palestinians, maybe you don't send a Jew. Because cause the Palestinian the side gonna like, is going to be like, I th- seems like he's... You, you seem like you have a vested interest in an outcome here. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? I mean, like, I don't mean that to be like no, anti-anything, but I like, get, as a Jew, I get what you're saying. It would be a bad idea for me to go and try and negotiate peace with the Palestinians. I would be coming in at a disadvantage in the process because they would immediately be like, <laughs> I, I suspect everything you say. Right. Because I think you want the Jews to win and you probably do. Me personally? Because you are one. Well, me personally, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. That's true. But I, I, uh, I think if I, ha- if I have to choose between the two of them, I choose the spider that bit me in my sleep last night. It's, I, 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 I yeah. don't take sides in this. Um, we're, we're about 40 minutes in, so let's, let's, let's keep moving on. Keep on crushing this shit. That's enough smoke. That's enough th- smoke. Uh, we didn't actually talk at all about the fact, we just alluded to the fact that uh, Newt Gingrich went on a bunch of Sunday talkers over the, over the weekend and literally tried to make the case that if there was collusion, it was fine. It's a good idea. It was fine. Yeah, why wouldn't you do it? Totally fine. So... Because he's the worst human being that's ever been here. Well, that's made. also a thing that you do... When you know how the story's going to end. Like, here's, here's something that I struggle with. Do I just lack the imagination to figure out how this all fits together in a way that is fine? Like, could this... As far as I could tell, as far as I can tell, there is no explanation for Trump's behavior around Russia that is anything but sinister. Agreed. That that's I I have been struggling to figure out what that can be. What could be a non-sinister explanation for all this aside from him being like just a total fucking lunatic idiot? It, the the only the only things I can figure that are non-sinister are still lunacy based. That he's dumb, uh, kind of demented, and loves that Putin helped him, mm-hmm. but didn't actually collude. And so it's like, hey, everybody who helps Trump is great because I'm the only real one except the daughter I want to fuck. Yeah. I, I, let, let's move on to... Uh, Moving right along. Uh, to something that like... You always get super comfortable when I mention that he wants to fuck his daughter. No, I mean, it, I mean it's the thing that's going to happen eventually. It's a super comfortable idea, isn't it? Yeah. It, may, it makes everybody comfortable. Um, so this week, uh, in Repeal and Replace... There was an effort made to repeal and replace. And so far, as of this recording, as of this recording, it hasn't gone particularly well. The Senate put out its bill. The CBO scored the bill. And part of this to me reads as theater because the CB the Senate knew the CBO was going to score it, and they kind of knew that they hadn't done anything better I in think, the House. I think they thought they were going to beat. Like, because it was twenty three million. It was twenty two million in the Senate, twenty three in the House. Yeah, so they they saved a million people. Yeah, um, I think they thought they were going to get closer to like eighteen. Yeah, here's just some stats, some just straightforward stats. Pre Obama, fifty million Americans were uninsured. Now twenty seven million. Under the bill, as written by twenty twenty six, we'll be back up to forty nine million. 50 million on the House bill. 15 million will you lose care immediately. Under the House bill, it was only 14 million. So, uh, it puts in place a six month waiting period if you've got, gone off insurance for any reason before you can get new insurance. So, that's terrible. 
Over 10 years, it cuts $772 billion from Medicaid. After two years, subsidies that help 7 million low-income families afford care are gone. The CBO goes so far as to say that few low-income people would buy health care at all, even though they'd qualify for subsidies under the Senate plan because the tax credits would be pegged to the plans with high deductibles. In other words, if you got health insurance, you'd be paying for nothing because you'd be paying for a $10,000 deductible. deductible. Yeah. So, you, so you'd pay $200 a month. You to don't never go, use to, it. To never, to never use it because you go in and either you get charged $6,000 for a broken arm or you'd get charged $10,000 for cancer treatments that cost $120,000. But still, you got to pay that $10,000. Right. It's hit by a bus insurance. Yeah. Um, so, uh, fi- uh, what else do we got? Sorry. Um, Four million people with employer-based plans would lose insurance. If you're thinking, I have an employment-based plan, so I'm going to be fine, you're not. Employers are currently penalized if they don't offer insurance plans. And they're penalized at a rate that is... Worse than if they just gave them. Worse than just buying insurance in most cases. So most do. But under this bill, that penalty goes away. So employers can simply choose to not insure, and that becomes a race to the bottom. All employers might just be like, meh. And then the market doesn't decide anymore. And they can give you a, even if they, they do it, they can give you a health insurance uh, plan. that would be like, look, we give you health insurance, but cut out so many of the things that are now a requirement. Right. So it's a terrible bill. And everybody is like, oh, shit, terrible bill. About somewhere between 10 and 12 Republican senators are currently listed as either having qualms or being against it. But do any of those 10 to 12 want to be the ones to derail it? They're going to put the brakes on, go home for the July 4th recess, get screamed at quite a bit by their constituents. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to believe that this is a country that won't let this happen. But, I mean, how much have we been disappointed? Yeah. I, um, it, it seems like we, we have a chance here, but I agree with you that it, it could really go either way. The, the potential stories, like, the, um, the big thing against Obamacare at the time was don't make me buy something I don't want to buy. Right. And um, and you're going to kill my grandma in a death panel. Right. Those were the two big knocks. Now, seemingly, um, people do want to have health insurance. Right. Um, and that was the argument that Paul... The argument Paul Ryan was, was saying that, like, okay, yes, CBO says it's going to be, like... 22 million but But 15 million of those people are opting out of health insurance as opposed to not having it be available to them because they don't want it and i and that is the most misleading thing that i've heard coming out of this it's everybody wants health insurance there's nobody that doesn't want health insurance well it's it's a matter of whether or not they can conceivably afford it i got into the argument with my cousin who you know um i don't a lot of those yeah that i don't talk about that much um because he was saying, like, well, you know, uh, 
if you really want health insurance, you can get it. And I was like, no, I've had a time in my life where my company didn't provide health insurance. Sure. And I either had to choose between paying my rent or getting health insurance. And because I was, at the time, like 25, I said, you know what? I'll pay my rent so I don't have to move back in, move home. I'm an adult. um, And I won't get health insurance. Right. Um, I wanted it. Sure. And I was working 40 hours a week. Sure. Very hard. But I still couldn't get it. And that's a situation that a lot of Americans are going to be in. So to say that they're like willfully opting out of it right. is well, pretty I mean, misleading. Like, it's also like, let's say that's true. Let's say 15 million of those people would choose for whatever lunatic reason to not have health insurance, even though they can afford it. They don't want it. They're going to roll that die. That's still 7 million people. Yes. Who are saying, I want it and can't have it. That is an unacceptable number of people to want insurance and be not covered. Right. And that doesn't even take into account that their insurance quality will be radically be different than what their insurance quality AM. now. Yeah. Like, we got to move on, unfortunately. Like, again, there's so much to talk about this week. But I'm feeling depressed about all of this. And the reason I'm feeling depressed about all of this isn't that I don't think we have a chance. I think we have a chance, and I think this is a fight we need to have. It's just that I'm shocked and appalled that every other developed nation in the world is trying to give people more health care. It's, it's trying to drive costs down. It's trying to make it more affordable. It's trying to assure that all their citizens have access. And they're doing it. This is possible. These problems are solved. We are the only developed nation that is trying to remove health care from people. Um, there's an article this week in The Atlantic by Van Newkirk uh, sec- the second. You should read it. It's about the um, uh, Jim Crow uh, origins of all of this and how a lot of this is based in race. We don't have the time to handle it here, but look that up and give it a read. It is shocking and appalling except it's not truly that shocking if you know your history it is appalling how deep in our culture some of this stuff is the one thing that i don't get from this whole thing yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff i don't get from this whole thing but like in reporters talking to um senators and such about what's happening um the comment frequently is this is the largest transfer of wealth that this country has ever seen by virtue of taking things away from the poor and giving tremendous tax cuts to the rich. Um, the rich are already rich. Yeah. So what does the bill look like if you do the exact same thing that you're doing mm-hmm. but take out the tax cut right. and use that money that you're still getting to fund making it not so shitty? Like well, that, I can't. I, nobody's I, been able to explain to me why that's not on the table. That 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 is thought to be part of like how they take it from ten down to nine on its awfulness. Mm-hmm. Is there's about three hundred and eighty-eight billion billion dollars that's just sort of profit now that comes out of the deficit mm-hmm. that they're going to try and funnel back into certain things, mostly in kickbacks to like 
Kentucky to give Rand Paul a win. You right, know, but, I, like but I'm saying, couldn't you just pay for it by not getting rid of the well, the thing about the, the tax, subsidy on the on the rich. The thing about the tax cut is that it returns two percent of wealth by by amount. It increases the wealth of the wealthy by two percent. Mm-hmm. You could increase my wealth, and I'm not wealthy by two percent, and I literally would not notice. Right. So why why continue that? Yeah, why for somebody who has so much more than me who doesn't worry about the bills they're going to pay to give them 2% more? Right. It's 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 quite literally monstrous yes. that this country's doing this. And that is why I am depressed by all this, but that is not an argument against action. So if you are in a if you are hearing this and you're in a red state, please put pressure on your senators if you have not gone to indivisible yet go to indivisible and look them up get on their mailing list they'll tell you what to do they'll give you talking points it's uh, as as some as somebody who's basically a shut-in it is not easy for me to make phone calls to my senators but i do it and you should too it is part of our job now as sad as that is Yep. Uh, let's get into our opposite effect uh, very quickly. Oh, no. We got more, my friend. Really? Travel ban. <sighs> yep, that happened. Sorry, brother. Travel ban. We'll try to handle it quickly. Yeah. Um, because despite what Trump will tell you, this was not a win for him. This was not even really a decision. What this was was the Supreme Court ruled on uh, that they would hear the case. In the fall when the they're fall, back. When they're back. There's a couple interesting things about that. I will get to them in a second. First and foremost, in ruling that they would hear the case, they issued a uh, removal, a partial removal of the stay on the travel ban. The travel ban is written, um, put in place a uh, 120-day ban on entry of all refugees and a 90-day ban on entry from six countries. The Supreme Court edited that to say that people coming in could do so if they had a bona fide connection to people in the United States. A family member, family a member, job. job, student, something like that. People who didn't would be restricted in entry. Sort of sucks. It does suck. It's a sucky thing. Uh, but the Supreme Court has been very, very loath to check too aggressively the power of the executive branch. Mm-hmm. Three of the members of the court signaled that they would go along with pretty much whatever Donald Trump wanted to do. That's um, uh, Gorsuch, uh, Roberts, and... Was it Roberts? No, it was, I, don't, I don't remember. It was, it was Gorsuch and uh, Thomas? Thomas. Yeah. Um, and the other arch conservative on the bench. I think Roberts. Don't don't at me. Anyway, point being, those three three of the three of the nine justices signaled that they would be, if they had their druthers, they would completely remove the stay. So they would be likely 
in the event that this actually does get ruled on to rule in favor of Trump having the power to yeah. do The other six, however. The other six, however, are shrugs. Yeah. And the most interesting part of this to me is that the Supreme Court comes back in September and directly requested that this case be tried in October. So that the time limit the time had expired. timeline would have gone by. Mm-hmm. What the Supreme Court is hoping, I think, and what they're signaling to the Trump administration is... You best be doing some shit during that time. We want you to do what you said you would do, which is take those 120 days and... Or 90 days, whichever it is. I think it was 90 days. Take those days and review your vetting processes. Put in whatever extreme vetting, in quotes, you're going to do. Call it a W and walk away. Yeah. Just end this, please. Which is not going to be the case. That's what the Supreme Court is hoping. What they're fearing is that Donald Trump is going to double down Mm -hmm. and re-up the ban at the end of the time. Yeah, which there's a chance that very... There's a very good chance that he's dumb enough to do that, at which point it goes before the Supreme Court again, and we don't know what's going to happen at that point. I wonder if, like, I wonder if he looks at it the other way and says, you know what, Um, since you did it after the ban's done anyway... I withdraw my side of it and don't rule on it at all and I'll consider it a victory. Because I technically got the thing that I feel like I wanted even though I got a fraction of what I wanted. Yeah. I mean, I think I if if he's smart, what he does, and he's not, but if he's smart, what he does is he quote-unquote reviews the process issues executive orders based off the process review that don't actually restrict entry to anybody based off their being, their their country of origin or their religion, just tightens certain procedures and does whatever else, maybe restricts the number of total refugees, which the original executive order did to 50,000, which is monstrous, but what are you going to do? And then he says, there's no need to litigate this any further. I got everything I wanted. Yes. Yeah. That's what. That's if he's smart. If he's not smart, the ACLU will see him in court. All right. Let's get into our opposite effect now, regardless, because we are pretty far over what we've yep. generally hoped we would try and hit. Yeah. The uh, so the opposite effect this week. So earlier on, six members of the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV/AIDS resigned, um, penning an op ed stating, among other things that they can't work in an environment uh, that they can't work in the environment that Donald Trump has created because quote, he simply does not care. I mean, why would he care about anything that's like the daughter he wants to fuck? Yeah. um, (laughs) That's harming Americans uh, in a significant way and killing a certain percentage. Killing AIDS is still out there. It's still killing people. It's still terrible. It's still an awful disease. And, and again, that that's one of those things that now, I mean, this is I'm somewhat generalizing, but um, but it's something where if you have a lot of money, you're fine, and if you don't, you're not. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, and it's not just money; it's also 
geography, like this is a globalized world now and yeah. it's still ravaging Africa and that will be a problem for us. That is a problem for oh, us. Oh yeah, I, I, I was just specifically pointing out because I think there's a perception in this country that AIDS is not a problem as much anymore because they've developed enough drugs that like you can, um, yeah, it's it's not a death sentence. It's not an immediate death sentence to receive but, to get to get diagnosed with AIDS. It is not good, and it will also be a lot worse if it can be get diagnosed as a pre-existing condition. Correct. Um, uh, which was one of the things that they were upset about when they quit. His healthcare plan is uh, going to be bad for everybody, and everybody includes AIDS, AIDS patients. Yeah. Um, so what's our what's our charity for this one? So the charity um, uh, we're bumping this week. We hope you will help us support Amfar, A M F A R dot org. It's uh, one of the key AIDS research, public policy, and advocacy advocacy groups in the country. Uh, Amfar does great work in that space. Has done a lot of um, granting of money towards uh, the development of antiretroviral drugs and hopefully eventually a vaccine and a lot of uh, advocacy for uh, the rights of uh, AIDS patients. So please go to amfar.org and donate if you can. All right. And on that very cheery note, <laughs> uh, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.